and welcome to Soberholic Podcast. This show is designed to address topics that will encourage, equip, and inspire you to explore life's most difficult topics and overcome your biggest challenges. Today, your hosts, Roger and Jason, will share from their own experience how you can find hope and healing in recovery. Welcome back to Soberholic Podcast. I'm Roger. I'm here with Jason. And today we're going to be talking about, uh, well, we're going to talk about a lot. In fact, we're going to talk about 12 steps in 30 minutes. And everybody's going to understand what we're talking about. All right, go. Here we go. So I'm going to recap the first three shows, uh, or the past three shows. The first three steps, we talked about giving up, that it was time to say that we can't, that he can, and we'll let him. Uh, then the second episode of this, we dealt with steps four through seven, where we talked about cleaning up. Um, we were going to clean up the wreckage of our past and that we needed to take a good inventory of ourselves, the good stuff and the bad stuff, which we found out that the bad stuff kind of outweighed the good stuff at this point, but it didn't matter because we needed to share that stuff with the sponsor and he was going to help us see the truth so that we could take responsibility and also we can find the patterns that led to do those things that brought us to last week's episode which talked about making up and that was not putting lipstick on as you shared with us (laughs) No, that that it was simply that we were talking about how it was important for us to make amends and that meant that we were to forgive others and receive forgiveness from others Um, and by doing so that we could gain some self-confidence in ourselves again, that we can no longer have to be ashamed and look over our shoulders, that we could find uh, freedom in being able to do those things. And that leads us to today where we're going to talk about growing up. And, you know, that is not just like we're immature people, because hopefully by this time you have matured um, and stop making bad decisions. You're trying to figure out how to grow in areas um, of your of your recovery. You know, whether yeah. it be you know spiritually um, with your community, um, and even you know physically. All of those are different ways that we yeah. can grow, and we're going to take those individually and talk about them. And that kind of finishes off the rest of these steps, you know, steps 10 through 12. And so that's how we're going to talk about 12 steps in 30 minutes or less. Yeah. You think we can do it? I don't know if we can do less. We'll try. But, I mean, you know what's funny about these steps? People call them the maintenance steps, but I think there's so much more than that. It's not just because when you hear the word maintenance, you just think just keep something running just the same. And I, I have found these steps to be more about a continual growth in, in all the areas of your recovery and your life than just keeping it, just everything just running the same. You know, you don't, you know, if you're talking about a car, of course, you, you want it to run the same. And so you perform routine maintenance on it. But I, I think what, why it's called the maintenance steps is because, you know, hopefully you've you've cleared all the wreckage of the past. You've 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 dealt with some of the character defects and and the amends. You're not continually, hopefully, you know, creating this big you know amount of wreckage in all your relationships, and you're not hopefully creating any kind of wreckage internally. But you know, you are looking to keep growing in in you know spiritually, physically. Um, in in your recovery, and so you want to keep growing and going up. 
Yeah, I kind of feel like that the first nine steps, um, it's almost like you're down in a hole. You're trying to dig out from mm-hmm. wreckage that you've you've started. And by the end of step nine, you've kind of made it up to the flat surface. Yeah, and now breaking you, even. you got a yeah. clean slate that you can do something with. Yeah. And you make a decision to go back where you were or you can move forward. And these steps, um, 10 through 12, give you the opportunity to move forward and to grow. That's what I've done. Um, I hadn't done it perfectly, but I, I feel like I'm a, I'm a, I feel like I'm a completely different person now than when I first worked step one. Oh yeah, me too. I mean, um, like I was talking about last last week's show. I mean, just just in my relationship with other people, like I can't even go to bed at night if I think that I have wronged somebody in some kind of way. It it bothers me, and you know. And when I was in my active addiction before I'd ever worked any steps, I mean, I, I could have cared less, you know, and if I hurt somebody or whatever, I just, you know, didn't, it didn't bother me at all. And now, you know, I don't, I don't, I don't want to hurt or offend anybody or whatever. And so like just, just in my relationships with other people, I'm a completely different person than I used to be. You and I, we've been working on, um, working through the steps again here. Mm-hmm. A few months ago, we started, and I say that because we got to this point where we were trying to make a list of people that we had hurt, and I really couldn't find any that I was just holding on to, like that hadn't been dealt with, that I've made amends to, yeah. because I've worked these maintenance steps uh, better than I ever have, I guess. Um, I'm not saying I've worked it perfectly, but I, right. I feel like I've made those amends, sometimes not promptly, but I've made them well, before I started these steps again. And so it's good to see that there has been growth there. But I also say that because if you find yourself listening to these four episodes that we've we've talked about these steps and you feel like, well, if I can just make it through these steps, then I've hit the finish line and, and I've worked the steps. Well, that's not the way the steps work. The steps is applying these principles daily in our lives. If I forget the first step about giving up that I – you know, that I, I'm, that I've got control again and all the whole ship sinks Yeah, because I go back to the original struggle, the addiction that I had and I'm going to lose it all. Right. Yeah. I mean, just, you know, and I mean, I think that's why they call them the maintenance steps because you got to continually maintain, you know, all the, all, all the principles of the steps, you know, because if you, you know, if you don't and you forget that you're powerless, well, then none of the other steps are going to matter anyway if you end up relapsing. Well, let's talk about three ways that we can grow. And the first one I want to talk about is just physical growth. And, um, you know, as we talked about how we feel like we're a new person, but we're nowhere near like we were when we first, either one of us worked step one. Now that we're here at, 10, 11, and 12, uh, I would say that anyone who's got to this point probably has a different attitude. Like you see things differently than you did in the beginning. In fact, I actually, as I look at relationships, conversations that I have, it's more so now I see them through a different uh, from a different perspective, through a different lens now. I'm trying to see how maybe they are looking at what we're dealing with, you know, like if I have an argument with someone and they're being rude to me, then I can look at them and go, well, oh, maybe yeah. they're having a bad day. Right. You yeah. Know, um, does that, does oh, that yeah, clear no. that up? Cause yeah, it, yeah, it didn't yeah. come out right to begin with. Yeah. But. No, like you, you, 
have a, a level of understanding people and their actions that you otherwise would have never had. Um, it's kind of like when you've talked about, you know, you and your wife's marriage or whatever, and, you know, Amanda's in recovery too. It's like you're both playing by the same set of rules. Right. And, you know, whenever whenever somebody is act, acting out against me or, you know, maybe says something to me they shouldn't say or does something that normally you used to in the past, I would have went off flying off the handle at them. Now I'm like, you know, let me try to understand why they're acting like this. Oh, you know, their home life is, is such and such, you know, they're dealing with this situation at work and I don't, I don't get near as angry. Um, and I, and I generally, you know, let a lot of things that used to would have bothered me just roll off my back now. What about, um, as, as we're talking about just physical growth and, and maybe this isn't ideally what I'm talking about, but it, it serves the purpose. Have you been more disciplined in, in just your personal oh, areas than the, than you used to be? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so I used to be, I was a very lazy person, you know, in my addiction, um, in basically every way you could imagine, uh, <laughs> hygiene, um, with, with, you know, money with, um, jobs. I mean, I didn't, I didn't have a routine when I was in my active addiction. Um, you know, it's really like, I've really become a, a disciplined person, I think. Oh, I consider myself a disciplined person, mainly compared to where I was. Right. There's still many ways I can improve on it, and, and I'm constantly trying to improve on those things. But compared to who I was, I think I'm a, a lot more disciplined person now. But I think it's a direct result of the steps, and here's why. Because the steps is a process, and it's an ordered process, and you go through it in order – and the the thing about being disciplined is you usually don't get any instant gratification when you so say you're trying to lose weight you unless you have a, a tummy tuck or liposuction it's not going to happen overnight mm -hmm. it's going to take a long process of being disciplined before you see any results and so like coming from being a drug user who that's all it was about to is instant gratification. I, I smoke this and I feel the effects immediately. Mm -hmm. Coming from that, going into working the steps, which is a long process and takes a long period of time before you actually see the effects, the positive effects of it, that helped me to be able to be more disciplined physically, like training for a marathon and it being months before I actually run the race and get the prize at the end of all the discipline, you know, the, the steps is what helped set me up for success to be more disciplined. When I first got sober, um, from drugs and alcohol, you know, I still smoked and I tell my sponsors all the time, look, man, don't give it all up. Let's just, just, just <laughs> easy. You know, just smoke your cigarettes, yeah. man. I mean, one thing at a time. And that's, that's what I did. And about two years sober, I gave up my cigarettes um, but like most people in recovery, I've seen there's been different things I needed to work on. And uh, a lot of those were just physical attributes that you see, you know, sure. probably the most glaring is what you're talking about with, um, just 
weight is when I went into rehab, I weighed 126 pounds soaking wet. And I thought I looked good. I thought it was a six pack and no, I was starving, yeah. you know, simply, Eyes sunken in. simply starving. Yeah. And I thought I had it together, man. I wore my necklace looking all good. Man, I, man it was horrible. Wait, did you have a gold chain? No, I had one. Of, I couldn't afford gold. I had silver though. <laughs> yeah. You wouldn't have gold. <laughs> no way I'd have that. Um, I couldn't get nothing for the silver ones. So that's the only reason I had it. But I thought I looked good, man, and and I found out later, you know, like you're talking about, I looked horrible. I yeah. mean, I I was, I mean, I I was smoking up all my my, my nutrition, and that wasn't right. a very good diet. I got sober, uh, things started looking better and filling out a little bit. You know, I got a little tan on my body. I wasn't all pale anymore because I was active doing things. Mm-hmm. And like most people, especially from drug addiction, I got a little pudgy, you know, yeah. and then got a lot more pudgy. Well, the, you are, this is, you're growing up. I'm, so I'm literally 200 and something pounds now, yeah. right? 227 to be exact. Yeah. But um, that's not all fat on me now. I've gained a lot in muscle. I can do a lot. I mean, I'm a lot stronger than I was then yeah. because I go to the gym a lot. Yeah. And I'm by no means that big, but... The point I'm making is there's disciplines that I do today that I didn't used to do. Now that I'm not focused on my drug addiction, I can I can focus on my exercise. I mean, I don't know many people on dope is going to the gym every day. No. You know, that was not my priorities in life. No. Um, I can now focus on, you know, like even money today. I can I can make sure that I'm being a good steward with my money and mm-hmm. doing the right things with my money because well, for one, I've got money today. I know. How about that? <laughs> Who the fuck it? Yeah. You know, that's a big deal that I actually have some money to figure out, will I tithe with it today or will I not? You know, yeah. those are big decisions that I get to make today. It's, and those are choices that I get to make. Do I make them right all the time? No. But, you know, my my second sponsor, I've probably said it on here, but um, he, he made a comment that he says the – the quality of my problems have greatly increased. Oh yeah. And and I've loved that saying because, you know, my problems, it and where am I going to sleep tonight or how am I getting another $5 bill? It's like, will I go to the gym today? Will I, where will I invest my money today? Yeah. You know, those are, are good problems to have compared to what they used to be. Yeah. I mean, I, I think about just the fact that, uh, I give a portion of my income away, mine and my wife's income. And, you know, we give to different, you know, we, we tie the course, but we also give to like, you know, different missionaries and different charities and stuff like that. That would have blown my mind (laughs) 10 years ago, giving money away and just seeing how, you know, how, how far, you know, how, how, much of a different person I am today um, is amazing. How about this? Um, it wasn't a full tenth when I say tithe, but um, me and my wife, when we first got sober, we wasn't going to church, but um, we wanted to give back because I understood the importance of giving back, and we didn't have a church to give it to, and we wasn't really part of any kind of charitable organizations then. We would literally write a check to our AA group and mail it to them. Mm. And so we were tithing to yeah. our AA group. Huh. 
And, um, you know, I, I have really not told a lot of people about that. Like yeah. most people, you don't just go around sharing those things. Right, sure. But it was cool to be able to give back to yeah. the people who helped me so much in the beginning. Which is a part of these maintenance steps. And it's sure a is. part of growing is, is you know, growing out of being so selfish and self-centered and, and trying to help other people. That's the whole 12 step is giving right. back, yeah. you know. And so um, it, it's good to know that we can grow physically, but we also um, we grow – in our community, you yeah. know, there's, there's community growth. And when I, I mean that is we've, we've reorganized our life by this point. At least I, I hope that if you've got to this point in the steps you have, that you've changed these old friends that you've had, you've removed yourself from those bad influences and you've gained some positive influences in your life. Yeah. I mean, because every single one of the steps has the word we in it. You can't, you the steps are not designed to work alone, you know. Um, you you can't do this without other people, and you know that's the whole twelve steps was founded on this that it was, you know, one person helping another, and so to to develop a community of of people who are trying to get the same thing you are, who are try, who are trying to, you know, live a life of recovery and and grow in their relationship with god you know it's it's hugely important um i mean i I think it's one of the most important elements that i have in my recovery toolkit is having a network of other people who are in recovery i mean i I have a sponsor i I have a a a home group meeting that that i attend weekly and, and those things keep me it's like the anchor you know um that keeps me anchored in my recovery. Yeah, and even like outside of just our recovery community, you'll have other types of community. Um, you know, one of those could be like family. Mm-hmm. And for some of us, that's a big deal because we were asked to not be around our families. Yeah. You know, yeah. <laughs> i.e., the guy sitting across the table from me. Um, you know, yep. it's just the way it is because we've, we've caused so much destruction that it won't want us around anymore. Right. And I think you eat, eat, even eat dinner with your mom a lot, don't yeah, you? Yeah, I go see my mom, and uh, me and my mom have a wonderful relationship now. And and, and I do with, with with all of my family. I mean, it's an amazing thing to to see how, you know, how far my relationship with my family has come. And, you know, I love seeing my family now. Um, like, I'm, I'm at every family function that we have. If, if it's a family function... I'm there. And, um, you know, even, even things that I don't have to go to, I go to them because I get to go to them now. I, I, I find that it's a privilege like to, to be there at those things and to support my family. Um, you know, in, in any way I can, it's a privilege. Yeah. It's been cool to see those things get restored in my life and, and to grow because when I, I was like you a lot that people didn't really want me around anymore. And while they didn't always say that out loud, I noticed there were certain rooms that were locked when I'd show up to their house, you know? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, why well, you got your bedroom locked from that, you know, you ain't got a key lock on that thing. How'd you lock it in the first place? You or know? purses kind of yeah. get, you know, Bath, put, put away. The or... medicine cabinet looks like it was cleaned out before I got there, <laughs> yeah. you know, because yeah. they didn't hit all the good stuff. Yeah. And, and that stuff's different now. They, they, they don't do that anymore. Right. In fact, um, there's none of that anymore. I don't know if there's not one relationship in my family that hasn't been restored and repaired. 
And it's a direct result of what working these steps can do. Yeah. But even even to go a step further with community, you have your recovery group, you know, maybe your family, um, you know, whether it be spouses or parents or loved ones, you you have just a church community is one of the ways I've grown. Mm -hmm. And that was important for me because when I took those first couple of steps, I saw and recognized Jesus as my higher power. And if I'm going to recognize him as my higher power, then the only way to really know more about him is to go to church. I'd use that cop out. You could be a Christian and not go to church most of my life. Even though I didn't really proclaim to be a Christian, I still use that because I didn't like people tell me I need to be at church, and that was my way to get out of it. Mm. But if I have a, a, a desire in my heart and a, and a and I proclaim that this that he is my Lord and Savior, then the only next right thing to do would be to go learn more about him and to be around other people that I can grow from. Yeah, I mean, like, um, being a part of a faith community um, has played a huge role in my life. I mean, I, I work at a church. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's... You're a preacher. Right. It's, <laughs> it's, it's my life, you know. It's, it's, it's my livelihood, but it's also, you know it's my family, you know, it's my faith family. And, you know, I can't imagine, I can't imagine not having that, you know. Um, There's been other times in my recovery before where I just had my recovery community, but, um, and there's nothing wrong with just having that. I'm not saying that's wrong, but I'll, everybody who I associated with during that time period, they were all just people in recovery. And so, I look back on that part of my life and I see it as my world was very small and narrow-minded. Having a faith community where I'm around people of all walks of life, uh, you know, coming from all different situations, it's helped me to just have a, a not only a, a bigger view of the world, but it's also helped me to, you know, to love more people and to be sympathetic and empathetic with people that I normally would have never really cared about before. Cause when I first got in recovery, all I really, when I, when I heard, you know, you need to help other people, I always thought it was just talking about people in recovery right. and that's all I really cared about. I was like, I'm just going to help those people, but there's so much more um, uh, to it than that. You know, there's, there's walking through life with people um, and just because they don't, they didn't have drug addiction or whatever, you know, doesn't mean that they don't still need help and need, you know, uh, need the community just like I need it. And so it's been an amazing uh, journey to to be a part of uh, of a faith community, and it's really it's helped me just in more ways than I even have time to even go into. But it's been amazing. When I first started attending the church I'm at now. Because uh, we moved a couple of years ago into a different church, and um, when I start, first started going there, they had no twelve-step meetings of any sort, and so we just got plugged into the typical traditional Sunday school groups and the smaller elements of a church, rather than just going to the, the large worship services. And um, you know, we, we're doing both, but we we connected there in those those smaller Sunday school groups. And I began through um, these Bible studies. I would share my story of recovery mm-hmm. and what had happened. 
And what I found out is there was more people just like me that struggled. And by me using my platform of recovery in those same, you know, faith-based communities, then I was able to show hope even to the very people um, who seemed to have it all put together. Right. It just took someone sharing that it's okay not to be okay. Yeah. And uh, man, that's that's been so many good conversations started and relationships built uh, from just being willing to bring my recovery, you know, life into my faith community life into that larger community. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then then when people know that you have experienced freedom from that, then you know they they seek you out whenever if they personally need help with it. I mean, you're able to serve so much broader. Uh, of a group of people when you're a part of a church community. Not to mention you're now using the very things that brought you so much pain to give hope to other people. Yeah. And I know that we do that in recovery, but it's cool to hit the word demographics, probably not the best there, but you hit a completely different group of people Mm, that normally would not talk about some of the things that you're willing to talk about. Right. This that's actually natural for you to talk about because you've been taught to your sponsor. You've talked to God about them all. You've done everything um, to find healing. Now what was taboo at one time for you is just, just common conversation. And most people that I have found in my church find that very weird to be around at first. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. uh, That you just openly talk about being a drug addict, you know, because that's not who you are anymore. And you you can, you can share with them what God has done for you. Right. Yeah. It's powerful. Yeah, It is. It's awesome. But then there's one last thing that I wanted to kind of talk about before we finish up our idea of growing up as we, you know, we've grouped these steps 10 through 12, and that is our spiritual growth. If we are believers, especially as Christian Christians, in a Christian belief, then I think that you church is a must. I mean, you just yeah. you just have to be there. If there's no there's nobody in America can say that. Well, I just can't get to a church. Right. I, I don't know. There's I mean, plenty of them. Especially yeah. in the southeast where we're at. Right. I mean, I drive by ten to get to mine. Yeah, and they're everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. Um, but so that there's this desire. There's this. There should be this desire to to want to go and to be around other believers to sharpen one another um and and i found myself growing in that area because i mean just like you you've helped me to learn the need to tithe you've helped me to be more diligent with my bible reading i've had another guy by the name of neil who's helped me in my prayer life and without guys like y'all i i would i would be lax on those things and so it's been important to have people so into my life and oftentimes, I mean, just like I've told you and you've told me things that you didn't really want to hear, but you said them out of love and I received them because I knew your heart. Right. And had I not been going to church, I wouldn't have had those people doing that for me. Yeah, I can listen to a sermon from a TV. I can listen to a sermon off the radio or a podcast, but there's something about being around other believers that's important if I'm going to grow spiritually. Yeah, because, you know, if – I, I don't believe in the whole Lone Ranger Christian thing. You know, I, I think you it, it is meant to be done with other people. It is meant to be done in a local body of believers together, um, because that's that's how we 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 make each other better, and we and we hopefully make each other more like Christ as we as we strive to be more like Christ. Um, 
And, you know, the power of accountability, um, you know, as far as any kind of spiritual growth with the spiritual disciplines like Bible reading, prayer, um, Bible memorization, attending worship, you know, um, having that accountability is is huge. You know, I don't I don't know where I would be as far as with my spiritual growth if I, if I didn't have uh, accountability in place in my life, you know. Um, because if it was just up, up to me, then I would just, you know, I probably would just coast along and I wouldn't really be striving for growth. So, um, you know, I, I think the, the 12 steps going back to that process has helped set me up to keep, to have a process of spiritual growth as well to where, um, I'm not looking for an instant gratification, and I know there's not a silver bullet to to this thing, but it just takes work and consistent work to to keep moving forward. Yeah, and you know, there, there some of those disciplines you mentioned, like uh, prayer, for instance, meditation. Regardless, if you have the same faith that I have, those are are big things to grow with. Mm-hmm. I mean, that you can learn to pray. Uh, because you got to get outside yourself. But personally, for me, I, I want to know who I'm praying to, and that's yeah. that's been beneficial to me, and in my spiritual walk as a Christian growing. Um, I, I don't know if these are are all um, encompassing everything that we've we've done. We've tried to condense, you know, twelve steps down to four episodes, which today we nailed down steps 10 through 12 into three points, mm-hmm. you know, spiritual growth, uh, community growth, and spiritual growth. And that certainly don't cover all of it, but that definitely uh, covers the majority of it. Yeah. And so if you find yourself wanting to work the steps um, in the simplest form, it's simply giving up um what was the second one? Clean up. Give up, clean up, make up, grow up. Oh, you've got it. Like, you've got it down to a size. In the very first one, you were kind of scattered about well, it. Well, yeah, we've been doing this for four weeks now, yeah, so, so you, I got it now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's a process. It is a process. And so if you find yourself in the journey to do it, then just take the, the next step. You know, do the next right thing and, you know, believe that, it can get better because um, there's examples all around us of people who's went before me and people that will come after me that have got changed lives. Yeah, you know, millions and, of people. And God's still in the in the miracle making business, right? That's right. Amen. All right. Well, that's another one in the books, man. I'm Roger. I'm Jason. We're out. Thanks for listening to Soberholic with Roger and Jason. If you like the show and want to know more, check out soberholicpodcast.com. Please remember to leave us a review on iTunes or wherever you listen to podcasts. See you next week, Soberholics.